Hello, 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 my favorite dancing unicorn group. Welcome back to AG University Podcast. It's me, Anna Grace, at Anna Grace Newell on all platforms, your professor. Today, I'm coming in hot with some sober, curious content because I officially hit my one year of no alcohol mark, which is crazy. And I really didn't think that I could do it or that it would last this long. So one, I'm proud of me. If you're on a similar journey, I'm proud of you. If you're curious, I'm proud of you for being here. So you guys can catch this video on YouTube. If you want to hang out with me on video, I am currently in Joshua tree, California. It's my first time in Joshua tree here on a brand trip with Austin and Shannon and James. So getting some good friend time and it's so good to see them since I don't get to see them as much since I'm not in Nashville. Um, I've been traveling like crazy. I've been in Italy, went to a beautiful wedding, was abroad with Austin. We moved out of our house, moved into a new home. (laughs) There's a lot of change, but I will say I'm feeling really good about this change and I have some really good inspo that came from travels and moving that I'm going to be sharing with the podcast. So you guys, as always are going to hear all of the things, this podcast, I definitely go a lot more in depth. And if you want a little bit more of this type of content on your social media, definitely catch me on TikTok. I do a lot more spirituality content there. And now we have AG university podcast page. So it's just at AG university podcast on Instagram. And I'm really excited to grow that page because, you know, I feel my current Instagram was always more fashion and other types of content, but it's been really cool to share this work and I want to have a place where I can just share more about the Akashic records and the type of energy that I do energy work that I do. If you guys are new here, the Akashic records is a type of angel reading. It is in the mediumship family. If you are new to all things energy, I know I get different listeners every time I hop on. So, um, you can check out how I got started in this work and my near death experience and all of that is episode one, always a good place to start. So today I actually did take notes, but I'm also just going to allow space for whatever message needs to come through as well. Cause you know, I'm in Joshua tree. This is a very spiritually sound place to be in nature. We're very off grid. I'm quite literally sitting in a glass box in the middle of the desert. <laughs> so, um, I am excited, you know, whatever needs to come through, whatever you guys need to hear. I hope that I can deliver that message to you. I am going to start with a little bit of my background relationship with alcohol and my upbringing around it, because maybe it connects to your views. I do feel like there is a societal piece and a generational piece at play. And then I'm going to take you guys into what I learned from stepping away from alcohol completely for a full year and all of the positive things that I've experienced. And, you know, whether that's physical, mental, spiritual, there has been all three side effects. So really just going to take you guys from the top. So I would say I was a very big party girl, basically my whole entire life. I'm not proud of it, but I started drinking at a very young age. I grew up in a very strict Catholic school environment. And, you know, there's like, I always kind of giggle how everyone says there's a stereotype about Catholic school girls or wild party girls. You know what? I was, (laughs) so I was, um, I definitely, 
got into some trouble and, you know, I was always just out, but I was, I was a party girl, but I did well in school. You know, I played sports. I have a great family. Um, I just feel like maybe I was in such a strict environment. I just always had this big self-expression. I just love to like go out and be social and do all the things. And, you know, somewhere along the way, I definitely started drinking pretty heavily all the way through college. I would say, you know, binge drinking is what consuming more than like three drinks in an hour. I was there. (laughs) So my parents were very strict, by the way, probably they don't listen to my podcast and I'm, I'm, I got, obviously got MIP. So they know I drank and partied. I don't know if they knew the extent of it and I don't want to break their heart (laughs) on the internet, but, um, I was definitely, you know, I would say I was in the binge drinking category, but always just going out to have fun, look cool, fit in, whatever. I never got myself, you know, if I got MIPs, it was because the cops bested a party. I never got myself into a dangerous situation. I do feel I had a good head on my shoulders, but should I have been partying that much? Probably not. So my family, however, I grew up in a big Catholic family and although they did, my parents did not allow me drinking in high school. It was a huge no, no. I was sneaking around and just being a bad girl, but from my family standpoint, came from a big fat Catholic family. Um, my whole family is like wild and crazy and loves to party and I love them. They're so fun and awesome. But you know, I come from a background where at every family gathering, you know, in college. And then when I was obviously 21, where we drank at every holiday, you know, my mom loves to make, um, really fun, like cocktail recipes. She's an amazing cook, like drinking wine at every meal, Drinking has just been a big part of my upbringing in the sense of like, it's always been present at family gatherings. It's always been very normal and very accepted and celebrated. Um, there's definitely been times where I felt like my family thinks not my, like maybe mom and dad, I don't know, maybe sometimes my mom. Um, but you know, even like my external family outside of the immediate nucleus thinks it's weird that I don't drink, you know, it's just always been very ingrained in my family. So, um, Yes. My my relationship with alcohol is it's been very common, very present in my life. I, yeah, like I said, started drinking at a young age. You guys know that I then was, you know, taking Adderall and Vyvanse and all of the things that started when I was 14, all the way up until my, you know, 25, 26 near death experience crises. And I don't know if I ever would have stopped taking it. So that's, a different journey. But then it was like, I was taking all of these uppers and stimulants and drinking to come down or to unwind. Um, I just created a lot of very bad habits and I reached for alcohol in almost every situation. Now, all that being said, what I'm about to say, you're like, are you sure? I don't put myself in the category of someone that felt as if I had a substance abuse issue. And I think a lot of times whenever I say like, yes, I am sober, I'm without alcohol. I don't know like what's a politically correct way to say it without saying, oh, I had a problem. I had to quit drinking. My decision to completely quit drinking did not come until this past year. Yes, I've had all these crazy near-death experiences and crazy eating disorders and all the stuff that I put my body through. But alcohol was always one thing that... I always still had in my life, even though, I mean, I didn't even really have the the realization to cut it out until I really started 
opening up more to my spiritual gifts and reading the Akashic records and doing readings for people. Anytime I went through training and I did a lot of different training programs and courses over the whole two years in quarantine, I was doing readings, but I was always going to more seminars, doing more group trainings. I'm, I'm a forever student. I will never sit here on this podcast and tell you guys that I know everything, by the way, I will always be growing and evolving and learning everything that I can possibly learn. So then I can teach you guys, um, what's the best way to do it or go about it. So anyways, but the consistent note from everyone, when I entered my spiritual journey was always meditating, getting still with self. And if you are going to be reading energy and or in this work, alcohol was always a no, 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 you do not drink and try because it makes you foggy, right? You can't, you don't have this, this sharpness to be able to interpret a message if you're drinking. So that was like, I started having that realization that like, this was like after my big spiritual waking, like 26, 27, when I really started realizing, I don't think alcohol is serving me anymore, but I also had all these habits of reaching for alcohol to have fun, to blow off steam, to have a glass of wine with my girls to unwind. It was just very ingrained in my lifestyle. And like I said, I never drank to the point of blacking out and waking up and not knowing where I was or who I was. So I didn't really put myself in the category of, oh, I have a problem or like, you know, I, I didn't drink and drive. I didn't, I didn't do anything illegal. You know, I'm 21. I, obviously it was my late twenties at this point I'm allowed to drink, but it just started not really feeling good to me because I felt like the issue with alcohol was that when I was still kind of in my party girl phase, trying to figure out the spiritual journey, I I knew the Adderall and the Vivance and all the stuff that I was taking had to go. I was done with it. But when I drank or was going out, I did feel like drinking kind of was this catalyst for these bad behaviors. There was like a snowball effect, right? Because I I was in Nashville working in the entertainment industry and it was like, I would be drinking and then, you know, people are smoking or people are doing other things in the entertainment industry. And I was around them and I would be kind of like lumped into that. Whereas that was not who I was. I didn't want to be doing all these other things. Not to mention when I struggled with disordered eating, it's taken me a long time, like literally all of my twenties to finally get to a place where I've landed where I don't have those obsessive thoughts. I don't have these ruminating thoughts that rule my life. But when I drank or get drunk, I felt like I would do things like overeat, you know, eat like a whole pizza or do things come from a place like it was like this restriction piece I was acting out. So it just never felt like drinking really made me the best version of me. It was like things that I was struggling with or working with. I almost felt like it was setting me back. So that's where I was for a few years, but I had heavily ingrained myself. I'm styling. I'm in the entertainment industry. I'm in Nashville, which is a huge drinking city. And I love Nashville. It has like such a sweet spot in my soul, but I just kind of knew that there was more for me to be doing. And I didn't want to keep struggling with these issues. And so that's where I want to say this before I go into the whole sobriety. Yay. Here's all the the good stuff because I want to get really clear on my foundation. I am not here to say alcohol is bad or I, all of my friends drink everyone in my life family. Like I do not care what anyone else does. I will not judge you. I I promise you I have done it all. I've been a bad, bad girl for many years. I have numbed with alcohol, drugs, you name it. I've tried it. I, I'm a dabbler. Okay. I've tried everything. I, I always say I'll try everything once. Um, and I love that I'm a, um, a guinea pig like that for the podcast and for allowing my life to teach you guys lessons. But in that sense, 
I do not align with those behaviors for me personally, because they were making me not the best version of myself. So anyways, stepping away from alcohol, I've had a lot of major perspective shifts, but I do want to share the perspective. I've mentioned this before from the Akashic records, and that is how I view alcohol. Everything, whenever people are like, I'm on this journey, like, what do you think about drinking? What is your thoughts on alcohol? All of the things. I always tell people that whenever I do readings or connect with a higher power, my angels, that's who I work with. They always say every substance, everything on this planet is neutral. Okay. So yes, I know there are some people that say like, oh, but like alcohol is a lower vibrational substance. Sure. That could be the case. It could be a lower vibrational substance. I don't ride or die by that because I actually look at everything as a neutral substance. And what is the intention for my use of this substance? So think about a book is a book until you read it. And then you as a human being pass judgment and decide it was a good book. It was a bad, bad book. Good and bad are these very human concepts that we label things based off of our past experiences and judgments. What's good to me could be bad to someone else. What's bad to someone else could be great to me. Everyone has their own kind of perception. So that's why I look at everything through the lens of the Akashic Records, where they say everything's actually neutral. It's really all based on your experiences and judgment that create your reality, whether it's a good or a bad thing. So I was like, that's really interesting. Cause I had kind of always thought, Oh, alcohol is like probably bad for us or it's bad or in some way, whatever, even though it's marketed and celebrated to us and it's so societally accepted. So that's how I started to approach it. Okay. You know, teaching it, I want to say it's neutral. And then the part that makes it good or bad is really our intention. So if you hit play on this podcast, I'm just going to vibe check you really quick. Every single time you drink going forward, if you're like, hmm, kind of interested in sober, curious content, do I want to just like take the plunge? Whatever. I want you to first ask yourself for one second, why am I reaching for a drink right now? Why am I pouring a drink? What is it that I'm experiencing? Because that's where I started noticing with myself. Oh, like I would be kind of worked up or kind of agitated. Like, Oh, I just need a drink. I just need to calm down. That was something that I've, I have picked up from my family. That was a behavior that my family showed me, taught me. And, and we're all just kind of little computers, little sponges soaking up what everyone does around us. That was just a behavior that I picked up from other people. Like, Oh, I'm really worked up. I need a drink or I want to have fun tonight. Like I, I want to have a drink, but, but is drinking the only way that I know to have how to have fun? Because that's what I noticed for me. Like I going to brunch or going out or going to the club or going to this, like every single thing in my life involved drinking to a point where I'm like, okay, I actually am a really fun, social, friendly person. Do I need to have a drink every single time I want to have fun? You know, that was where I was like, Hmm. Also, am I bored? Am I stressed? Am I lonely? Why am I drinking right now? That's the first place. So I just want to bring awareness to what's the intention because I have the power. You have the power to reach for a drink and go, okay, the intention here is to celebrate, you know, a, a union, a marriage to celebrate getting into grad school, to celebrate someone in my life or to do you know, something really fun and like go to a wine tasting and experience something new or to be a part of, you know, men are in like bourbon clubs and there's a lot of community around like food and drink. So that's where I'm like, 
that's great. And if you feel like you go and you feel connected and you know, you're coming from a place of love versus you're reaching for a drink from a place of fear. And I put fear in this category of, you know, I am avoiding something. I'm numbing. I don't want to experience something. I'm lonely. I'm sad. I'm scared. I'm something, you know, there's something that you're like constantly avoiding. And so for me, I always felt like I was reaching for a drink when I was experiencing something that maybe I wanted to avoid or I was bored or I was lonely because I was single, you know, and I felt like I had to go out and drink, you know, I'm single. I have to go out and drink because where else am I going to meet someone and blah, blah, blah. So as you can see, there are a lot of different ways, but still I'm sticking by, I don't think it's just black or white. I don't think it's just, Oh, it's good or it's bad. I think that you just need to start consulting yourself with your internal counsel, your highest self, whatever it is that you believe. And just ask myself, like, why am I always reaching for a drink? Like, do I really need one every single time? And just start to like, look and see if there's a pattern. I'm not telling you, all right, everybody hit this podcast on. We're all going to quit drinking. Like get out of here. It's bad because I don't. And I actually, am going to tell you my, my biggest breakthrough with stepping away. So first I want you to think, okay, if alcohol is neutral, then what is my intention and how could I, you know, reach for alcohol from a place of love or a place of, you know, positivity, connection, community versus am I avoiding, am I numbing all the things? Okay. You guys get it. I'm really big on being intentional. And I talk about this because there is another energetic piece that's always at play. And I I posted this on TikTok, and it went really viral. Actually, for the most part, everyone was pretty in agreement with me, which normally on TikTok, everybody loves to just like clap back. Um, but on a very spiritual level, and I might lose some people here and maybe not, but we have this beautiful aura right? That surrounds all of us. And it is three feet wide all around us. And when we drink alcohol, we, if we're coming from this place of, right, we want to numb, we want to check out of the body. We don't want to experience something that's going on in our reality. So we would rather drink alcohol and kind of dull (laughs) the situation. When we do that, we are signifying a, a little, um, it's almost like there's little leaks in our aura because we're not rooted in our foundation. It's like, we're not in our full present knowing self. We're just like kind of floofing around, just trying to like have a good time and avoid whatever it is. So we're signaling this universe. And that is a time where we can allow ourselves to be susceptible to other energies around us. We're kind of in this like loosey goosey stage where like our bodies are all energy, you guys. So if we are saying, Hey, I don't really want to experience this. I kind of want to black out or check out or whatever. We're allowing space for other energies to come into our work field. And I'm not saying this is the case every single time, but it is just something that is a reality of drinking and why it's not, um, advised doing energy work. Cause when you're doing energy work, like I'm doing, you're openly you're, you know, opening up your energy centers, which I know you guys aren't what they're doing, but at times when you go into bars or really crowded places, there's so much energy and you're not in your rooted knowing in your truth, right? When you're drinking and it's, it's allowing you to be open to other entities or energies around you. And that's one thing too. I just want to bring awareness to, because once you have awareness around that, I did a whole, I have an energetic alcohol energetic protection course where I teach you guys, I'll link it in the show notes. I I launched this back at Christmas around the holiday holidays, uh, where I teach you guys just some, some really good foundational practices and prayers and rituals to ground yourself. If you're going to be drinking in a really crowded space or ways to root your experience and intention. 
And that way you're not allowing yourself to be open to all these energies. Because when we do that, it's like, I have been there. You guys, I've done things where I go out and I drink and I wake up and I'm like, why the fuck did I say that? Why did I start this fight with my, you know, an old ex-boyfriend at the time? Like, why did I do this or say this? Like, that's so unlike me. Or like, you know, you wake up and you're in someone's bed and you're like, what the fuck? Like, why would I, ew, why did I do that? It's because sometimes you, maybe it wasn't fully you. You weren't fully rooted in your truth and your knowing and you're open to all the energy of all these other people at the bar and what they're going through and all these things. So there is a very spiritual energetic piece at play. And I, I don't want to like lose you guys on that because maybe you are newer to this work. But um, like I said, I'll, I'll link the information in the show notes too, if that's something that you like really feel called to or particular about. But like I said, it all goes back to having awareness and setting an intention around the experience. So that's another piece of drinking that I feel no one really talks about. And like I said, drinking is so celebrated. And that's been my biggest experience with stepping away from alcohol was that people were like, oh, you don't drink? Like, oh, something must be wrong. Like, oh, she must have a drinking problem or oh, like weird or, or, or it triggers people and it makes them uncomfortable. And that was always frustrating for me because I'm like, listen, I don't care if you drink. I was just not the best version of me. And so I, it had to go. And I want to give you guys kind of my advice on stepping away from alcohol personally. So I've mentioned this several places on all my platforms. Maybe this is the first time you're hearing me, but I, there towards the end, you know, I've been doing a lot of spiritual work and a lot of growth and all the things, but I think my body really was just saying like, it was time for me to completely embody this work that I'm doing now on the Akashic records and alcohol is just really not in alignment with that version of me. And I had two, actually three total instances that were really scary. I have another podcast about this where I um, started fainting every single time alcohol was involved. I fell, I broke my nose. I got a concussion. I ended up in the ER. I got two concussions and mm, I think it was like eight or nine weeks back to back to the point where it was, it was actually quite scary. If I had gotten an, another concussion, I fell and hit my head on concrete. Um, another one I fell and I like literally like I woke up and my mouth was on the baseboard. Like I, my teeth went through my lip. I mean, they were, they were very bad falls. And the craziest thing I told everyone was like one night I had a glass of champagne at an event. And then I went to a concert where I had a beer. Like it, I'm not saying I was going out yeeting tequila. So I knew like on some level, spiritually, mentally, physically, energetically, my body was saying, no, I don't want you. No, I want you to step away because yes, I was only going out having, you know, one or two drinks here and there, but I was doing that frequently. You know, it would be like a Thursday friends of concerts. If you guys live in Nashville, you get it. There's always something to do. Yes. I always felt very in control, but was it something that I was doing frequently and reaching for often? And like, this was like, this was like right around the time of where Austin was coming into my life, my current partner. So this was where I was like in my singleness, you know, going out on dates, just, he was about to come in the, like a few weeks before like in this fainting episode. So then I meet him. I really settled down. You know, I move, I'm in the process of moving to Florida. It was like March or April, right before we moved to Florida in May. I went on a brand trip with Shannon. We went to stagecoach and I had been re really working hard. I was feeling stressed. I was sleep deprived. I got on an airplane, had 
one screwdriver. I don't even know if I drank the whole thing, you guys. I can't even remember at this point, but it was not enough. And I passed out on the airplane and had another episode. And at that point I was like, I'm done. Austin fortunately decided he was going to cut out alcohol too. At the same time, he's like, you know what? He was having his own health issues. So it it just kind of worked out that way. The universe just, I guess said, you guys are just going to go through this together. So we made the conscious decision as a couple, we were going to close the door to alcohol. And this is what I want you to hear. If you are someone You don't put yourself in the category of someone who has a drinking problem, or maybe you do. That's okay. But I'm just, I want to speak to everyone here. I did not go into this saying like, oh, I think I have a problem. I need to quit drinking. It really wasn't like that. It was just every time I drank, like, yes, my hangovers got worse. Yes. I felt like shit, like blah, blah, blah. But the fainting, I was like, okay, I'm done. Because then I started worrying, like, am I going to have a drink and just like have an episode somewhere in public? Like then it started getting kind of scary for me. (laughs) So I was like, "Mm." I'm going to just completely rethink this situation. So we decided Austin is way more disciplined than me. He is very impressive. That's where I tell you guys, like, I don't consider myself some like super disciplined person that like, I could just cut it out. Like, you know, I was kind of like, Ooh, do I want to just say like, I don't drink anymore because this was the most important piece for me. I needed to shut the door completely. And if you are someone that's dabbling with this, I promise you it is going to be a thousand times easier if you just start telling people I don't drink, just close the door and you don't have to do it forever. But I think you need to just make a conscious decision for like the next six months or three months or even a month, whatever. I am closing the door. I do not drink. If that's a, if this is a route that you want to take, because I, I got caught in like the last year of saying like, Oh, I only drink on like special occasions. Well then it's like, okay, your best friend's like, so what? My birthday's not a special occasion. So my baby shower is not a special occasion. You, you realize everybody in your life thinks something in their life is a special occasion. And then you get guilt tripped. I felt like I was a people pleaser drinker there towards the end. Like I didn't really want to anymore. It caused me more stress and unhappiness and whatever. But I didn't want to tell people like, oh, you're not special enough for me to drink at your thing (laughs) or, or I didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Like I wouldn't go out and grab a drink with them or, you know, all my friends drink. Like I I didn't want to be like, oh no, you drink. I'll just sit here and watch you. Like, I don't know. I just, I was being kind of a poonanny. I was. So the easiest thing I ever did was say, I don't drink because people immediately just go, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. In their head, maybe they're like, oh, she has a problem or weird or whatever. Like we'll get to that. But I realized that I was staying in this perpetual state of for never really having any forward momentum. And let me explain this to you. This is why I think the easiest thing I ever did was just close the door. And am I going to sit here on this microphone and tell you guys I'm going to close the door forever? No, I, I don't. I just don't. I think it'd be crazy for me to say I'm 29 years old. I'll never have a drink ever again for as long as I live. Now, if I had been to rehab, that would be different. And I really encourage you to stay on that path. This is not, I'm not really totally speaking to a person who has been in rehab. Maybe I am. And I hope there is something from this podcast that really lands for you. But I want you to go into this time frame with this perspective around this kind of four momentum piece is what I'm trying to talk about. So I realized that I was caught in this loop of always being in like recovery, right? It's like you go out on the weekends and then like Monday, you're like trying to get your life together and then like you eat good and you like the weekend and then you like, you fall off and then you like go out and you like eat and you drink and then you like feel like shit and then you're hungover and you gotta have a whole day to recover. We're all trapped in this recovery loop. Like we're always like, Oh, we're never, when you're trapped in this recovery loop, you're never really making like true powerful forward momentum. 
And I obviously, maybe some people are in their business, but I just feel like the clarity that I have experienced in the past year would knock your fucking socks off. The clarity and the creativity that came out of me in this period of sobriety is like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. And I am sad that there was so many years in my twenties that I numbed or allowed this escapism using alcohol to alter my reality that I needed alcohol in order to have fun. I hate that I allowed that to be the limiting belief that was instilled, you know, somewhere in my life into my brain that the limiting belief was that I can drink, I, you know, I can only drink to have fun or drinking is essential for me to feel connected to people. Those are just things we tell ourselves, you guys, it's not true. It's not true. And I really had such an aha moment. Like this is a great place for you to ask yourself, what is my limiting belief around alcohol? You know, is there a story that I tell myself that I have to drink in order to, you know, have a deep conversation or to, you know, or to let loose, to dance? Like I promise you, you don't. So I just don't want that to be the narrative that rules your life. And allow yourself to have a little bit of perspective. And here's the thing, like have grace with yourself. These are all just questions to ask yourself. I want this to be a point of reflection. Don't beat yourself up about it. Listen, I've been there. I've, I've done all the things, but I realized that I was caught. I was trapped in this vicious, vicious cycle of never really achieving my goals or never really moving forward when I was constantly like recovering from the weekend or like, cause it got to the point where like, I would have a drink, a glass of wine. I felt like shit. I just feel like dick. Like it was just like, ew. So, and I have such a big aspirations and things that I want to do in this lifetime as all of you guys listening, anyone here at AG university, I know that you are here for a purpose. You are here on purpose and you are here to do something great or else you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Like I set the intention to connect with people like you. So you're here for a reason. I promise you. And so I just don't want people to waste time in their life being caught in this place of, you know, recovery or needing needing is something outside of them to dictate their perspective of fun or their lifestyle or whatever. That was the biggest thing for me. It was like, okay, I can't actually really build this massive business and do all these things that I want to do. If I'm constantly just looping around trying to, you know, correct or cleanse or, you know, drink water or whatever. So that was the one thing I want you to think about where am I stuck right now? Where am I, you know, maybe not calling in that partnership or that relationship or this thing that my job or this forward momentum. And is there a way that I'm allowing alcohol to distract me, to derail me in some way, shape or form? Cause it just, I just feel like it was for me and it was allowing just bad behaviors, even with my financially, like I would drink and become really generous and like, you know, want to buy everyone's drinks and which I love that about me. I love that. I wasn't like a mean drunk, but still I would, or I would get bored and like have a drink. And then like Shannon and I would go shop in New York and I would buy like dumb shit that I shouldn't have been buying. Like there was just things for me that I realized weren't serving me. And here's the thing on some level, I look back, I'm like, that was a really fun, crazy time in my life. I don't look back and I'm like, wow, you know, Anna Gray's dumb. Like, no, it, it was fine. And it served a purpose. Do I want to be there forever though? Is the, is the, the pivot, the crossroads. So for me, just aligning with the energy of I don't drink. And that's just where I'm at right now in life. Two, am I stuck in this loop or am I truly making forward momentum? Three, do I ever feel like I don't have clarity around 
you know, whatever the vision is for my future or, you know, do I feel like my creativity is stifled? Do I feel that I have a place to truly allow my creativity to thrive? Because that is the one thing that I just feel like alcohol put this fog around me that I have never created more things. I mean, you guys, I literally, in the time of my sobriety, I created this podcast and it went number one on Apple Podcasts. And I didn't even know I wanted to do a podcast. I didn't even know how to podcast in me. I really didn't, which now <laughs> y'all are probably surprised because I'd be talking. I'd be talking. I got a lot to say, but never once had thought of a podcast. But it was like when I got sober of everything, I was so clear and nothing could stop me. I was unstoppable. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, but it's hard. I want to, but I can't. But I promise you, listen to me. You can do this. It's not that hard. A lot of it is just the story that you tell yourself. And I am someone that thought, oh, I could never not drink. Like drinking is just so a part of who I am. It was like part of my brand. You guys, I was signed with tequila partners. I was signed with my agency rep. I repped alcohol. I was paid to go to the club and party. It was so ingrained. I mean, I had to walk away from money, big, big money. Because there's a lot of money in alcohol. But I was like, this is not serving me. Like, there was a lot. It, it was hard for me. I just, I want you to say, I thought it was going to be, like, this hard thing to close the door. But the moment that I went out a couple times and didn't drink and was like, oh, wait a minute. I can do this. Like, this still is fun. I still can go out. Like, I can still go to dinner with friends and connect with them and have conversations. And, like, I don't have to drink. And the experience is actually better because I'm more present. I am, I'm feeling more connected because I'm actually really focused on connecting with this person. There's more intentionality there. So all that to say, I am not someone who, you know, it was super like an easy decision to make, but the moment that I committed, it was much easier than I ever thought it would be is what I'm trying to say. Like, I was like, oh, that's too hard. I don't know if I could do it. But the moment that I actually committed to that, and I'm going to give you guys my like, little like tips and tricks for if you're looking to step away from alcohol, just go ahead and commit and close the door. Don't do it for special occasions. It gets confusing. They're going to hurt people's feelings and like, whatever. Don't people please anyone. Don't drink to make someone else comfortable. Stop that. Stop. You're only hurting yourself. And I promise you the other person, every single relationship in my life. Yes. Some party friends have faded away, but all of my best friends have stood by me. My partner has stood by me. My family doesn't care. No one really cares that much. When you go to the bar and someone else is drinking, order a mocktail. No one's even going to ask you. That was the biggest thing. I just wanted to always have like a mocktail or a drink in my hand because I don't, I don't, I don't need to explain myself. You do not need to explain yourself to people. You don't have to take them through the, through your whole journey. Now, if you, if you do want to say, oh, I don't drink, you know, whatever, someone's really pressuring you. That's great. I would always say, I don't drink for health reasons. I, I don't drink. Boom. You don't have to explain yourself. Have a mocktail in hand. I promise you like nine times out of 10 people. I mean, I'm sure there's people probably that thought I was drinking. They don't know. They're, they're consumed in their own life. They're drinking. They're having fun. Like I'm, I'm saying more if you're like at a bar or at a concert. Now they make, um, Austin and I love those zero, uh, Heineken zeros. Cause it's like, it tastes like you're drinking a beer. Like you have the same experience of like, Oh, having like a cold beer, but there's no alcohol in it. And I know people are like, Oh, that really doesn't sound as fun. I promise you. Like once you get into it, you're kind of like, is this a placebo effect? Like I remember when I was in Miami, I drank one. I'm like, wait a minute, my buzz. No, this is just, this is just a beer. Like a lot of it is a lot more mental that you're like, Oh, so I never felt like, I don't know. I never really felt like I was missing out on anything because I still did all the things that I was doing, but I just shut the door of like dabbling and there was too much dabbling. So shut the door, have a mocktail in your hand. Don't feel like you have to explain people. You don't have to tell them your whole life story. You don't have to explain everything. Sure. Like people close to me, I did want to like, obviously explain because you know, they 
were probably they they deserved an explanation. I'm just saying, like, pick who actually deserves an explanation versus who doesn't. Okay, the next thing is that this is like really kind of Austin's takeaway too, is that like I said, this creativity, this imagination, this new zest, like truly the world seemed crisper and brighter and more positive than when I was in this haze of drinking and drinking also too. I just felt like there was a lot of anxiety associated there as well. So I didn't, didn't have that anymore. And the creativity piece that I invited in all of this new creative energy by choosing to not drink was that it allowed me to get a lot more creative with how I wanted to spend my time. And this is something that I've realized societally, culturally, you know, in the United States, we work our freaking dicks off and then we like go out to get drunk to have fun. And most countries aren't really like that. They all do, you know, drink and whatever, but there was no fun or play time that didn't involve drinking in my life. And maybe you don't have that problem, but I realized that. And I didn't like that because I've always been a very creative, imaginative, like I love to play as a kid and I just really lost sight of that. And so that was the biggest takeaway for Austin. And I, we got really creative with how we wanted to spend our weekends and like wanted to just go places and like plan a day trip and see things and do things and like go get a massage and like take care of ourselves and have fun in a completely different way that was productive and positive and kept us in this forward momentum to being our best self, you know? So it'll allowing yourself the space to do things that you've never done before. And, and you can do free things like go to the park, have a picnic, create fun content out of it. Like go to a museum, make a game out of it. Like there's just so much more that you can do. And I was so trapped in like, Oh, it has to be drinking, go to the bar, do this. Like that's the only way you can meet people. No, no, you can meet people so many other places. You're just stuck in your head thinking the only way I'm going to meet my partner is at a bar. I promise you, you might meet them somewhere a hell of a lot better <laughs> going and getting creative and allowing yourself to open yourself up to these creative pings. That's what I like to call them. Pings or nudges from the universe, going to a coffee shop, doing other things and getting creative with how you want to spend your time and energy and allowing yourself more pleasure and play. That pleasure and play piece is so integral to our human nature. We are here. We are pleasure seeking creatures. We are here to have fun and we look for pleasure. And when alcohol and drinking becomes your only source of pleasure, that's when there becomes an imbalance. So that's why I wanted you to just check yourself. Hey, hmm, do I have fun, you know, anywhere else besides the bar? And is there a way that I could integrate more fun, more adventure, more play, more activities, like create a kickball league. I don't know. You guys get creative. There's so much out there. There's so much in this world. There are so many cool people. There are so many things to do. Like I realized I didn't even have any hobbies. Like I was like, I'm just like, I was just fighting the fight of working, playing, recovering. And that's just not, that just wasn't what I wanted to do. So getting creative. Okay. I do want to also just touch on a little bit of obviously the positives. I want you to know I glowed the fuck up. <laughs> I glowed up in a way that I didn't ever realize. I posted a before and after on my Instagram and my TikTok. You guys could find it there. A before and after of all the inflammation in my body, not to mention my gut health. My gut was really, I mean, it's been a journey from coming from disordered eating all the things, but I can sure as shit tell you the alcohol was not helping. I look like a completely different person and I, I don't weigh myself. I don't really think that I like lost a lot of weight. I maybe like four or five pounds. 
I don't even know. I don't know. That's just me being like, maybe I lost a couple pounds, but my face carried so much inflammation from alcohol. My body was screaming at me, please slow down, please stop, please, whatever. And, and I was always so self-conscious, always using filters on Instagram, always kind of hiding behind layers and clothes because I felt it. Like it wasn't like I was like, I felt like severely overweight, but I just felt uncomfortable in my body and I couldn't explain it. And I don't know if it was partly energetic, also partly like the physical inflammation. If you think about it on some levels, I mean, alcohol, it is, it is a little bit of poison. We're just injecting into our body. And at some point doing it as much as I was doing on a regular basis, even though I wasn't, you know, absolutely binge drinking. When I posted the before and after picture, a lot of people were like, wait, you said you were drinking three or four times a week. And then you said you weren't drinking that much in my twenties. Like I would say I was drinking three or four times a week, going to events, going out, grabbing marks with friends. Like it was very social, never, like I said, so out of control, but then kind of like the last six months before I really got sober, I was dabbling in the like, Oh, I only drink for special occasions. But then that kind of got really confusing. So I was slowly tapering until I finally just closed the door together. So anyways, um, if, if you see the before and after photo, um, that is explained, but I look so much better. That alone, the inflammation piece was really jarring for me that I was living in this place of self-consciousness for so long for a problem that I was really perpetuating. I was doing to myself and you know, it's kind of that, like your, your source of, of pleasure is also your source of pain. That saying of, of not realizing like, wow, I was going out to drink to like feel more confident and do all these things. And it was really keeping me in this cycle of, I actually was looking worse because of the going out to drink, to feel more confident, blah, 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 blah. You get it. Um, maybe not so much to feel more confident, but just to feel, you know, social and, and worthy and accepted and all of those things when I was really keeping myself super uncomfortable in my own skin and I just wasn't loving who I was. Um, not like I do now. And, and that's another thing I want to talk about. The connection that I have with myself is so fucking crazy. I want to scream. I felt so disconnected to myself drinking that much. And my intuition, first of all, has been turned on like 1 million. That's also really like my greatest teaching here. AG University is a school to connect you to your intuition. And I really feel that alcohol was something that really kept me blurry and hazy. And when I feel more connected to my intuition, every single area of my life got exponentially better, you know, knowing what my body needed, what it craved, because I wasn't coming from this place of like being hungover and wanting French fries. You know, it wasn't like that. It was like, truly, what does my body want? And really seeing my body as this vessel that I am here embodying currently. And I want to take care of this body because I love this body versus there was so much fear and, you know, negative emotions I feel associated with my body for most of my twenties. And feeling so much more connected, removing alcohol was just this, like this strengthened muscle, this connection to myself that I've never experienced. And that really falls in that category too, of talking about clarity is just really, wow. Um, I saw a video the other day on TikTok. I'm going to go on a quick tangent and it, it really has changed my life. And I always want to share life-changing moments with you guys. It was this girl saying, um, she was in a yoga class and, she was, you know, in child's pose at the end of the class. And she said she had a vision and it was at the end of her life. She was on her deathbed and she said the vision was not only saying goodbye to the loved ones in her life, but saying goodbye to her body because she realized that this body, this person 
was really just a rental. You know, we are a spirit. We are a soul inside this body. And how heartbroken she was to say goodbye to her body and to this person that she was and this character that she played and everything. She just wanted more time in her body to like, to be like, wow, thank you for everything you did. Thank you for keeping me safe. And like realizing that at some point we separate from this physical body. This is just a temporary experience. And you know, maybe that will land for you, but it was just something that it really, really put me into this space of really seeing my experience as mind, body, spirit. They are all three different parts, but all working very, very much in union. You know, that's where that, that Trinity piece is all throughout, you know, any type of theological study, Bible, all the places. But I realized how, you know, I don't want to be anyone else. This is like, I, I love being Anna Grace right now in this experience. Like I want, I want to feel so connected to my body and, and let this body know that I'm taking care of her as just as much as our body is always protecting us, trying to keep us safe. You know, it, it's, it, you have, you're, we're so quick to be angry at our body. You know, like I always say, you know, you get at me on your face and you're like, what the fuck? Oh my God. I never break out. Blah, blah, blah. And, and you're like mad at your skin and you're mad, but your body is just trying to signal to you. Maybe there's a hormone imbalance. Your body's just always trying to let you know, Hey, I need your attention. I need your attention. Something's going on. Love me. Take care of me. I, I am, I'm signaling you because I am protecting you and I am keeping you safe. And there is, there is so much, I feel frustration, especially as females that we express towards our body when really our body is just like almost, I, I now envision it as this like sweet, just little inner child connection and, and really seeing it as something that I value this time being this person that I am and being in this body and feeling more connected to myself was the biggest takeaway, removing alcohol and allowing myself to truly acknowledge my emotions and all the times when I would be like, Oh, I'm kind of frustrated. I'm gonna have a drink. No, no, no. If you can truly acknowledge those emotions and sit with them and move through them, here's the thing. It's, it's not that hard. It's really not that scary. It really wasn't, but I just didn't want to do it. I was just being lazy. And that was one thing that has made my relationship and the amount of love that I have in my life so much more elevated. I'm talking love for myself, love for Austin, the way that Austin loves me, the way that everyone in my life responds to me. It's completely different because it starts with me. The more I love myself, my exterior world changes completely. Like it, same for you. I mean, that's how, that's just how the universal law, that's just how it works. So that is something that I feel is so important is just, there's just been so much more love in my life. When I was able to sit with those emotions, allow them to be emotions, allow them to come up, allow myself to journal about them and then move on versus just always telling them to like, shut up, be quiet, stifle, and then have a drink and not think about it. At some point you're going to pop <laughs> if that's your always go-to, you know, if that's your forever go-to and you don't ever allow time for processing. Also, you know, I, I am in therapy and I always, you know, encourage you guys to seek counsel if you feel that you need someone to help you move through that, those emotions. It's totally fine. It's totally normal. We are here to experience all the emotions. We can't make them go away, but we can process them and allow them to move through us. The numbing and the stuffing is where we really get ourselves into trouble. Next, I would like to say that stepping away from alcohol has allowed me to open up my energy to so many new experiences, new people, new places, new things. I promise you, you're like, oh, but this is all I know. And it's all I do. 
the moment that you can loosen the grip a little bit, I promise you, you're going to find, there are so many people out there that are sober curious right now that are interested in this, that are wanting to better themselves. Like our generation truly and the generation below us, like they're really, there are so many big TikTok stars. Like they don't drink. That was another thing I realized you guys, all these celebrities, a lot of these people that I work for, the ones that are doing it right, famous, successful, happy, healthy, thriving, all the things rich as heck, they don't drink. They don't like you. It's, it's, it's really been kind of crazy how much I have learned in this experience of like, wow, this is, there are a lot of people that have cracked this code. I was, I guess, late to the party, but I also made space for new friendships to come in that are more aligned with me because I felt the more that I was going on the spiritual journey, I felt very alone that people wouldn't understand me and all these things. But yes, I was still acting as someone who was this, you know, party girl. And there was this conflict. So that's why I'm kind of saying you really got to commit, but also know that I promise you the moment that you open up to be sober curious, you're going to find so many people. You're going to find so many recipes. There are so many mocktails. There are so many alternatives, so many things out there that maybe you just haven't even allowed into your reality. So that's another place that I'm like, it's so awesome that you are curious because there is so much out there. And I did not realize how in a small perspective that I was. Um, and that's going to bring me kind of into, so I went a full year, not a sip, not a drop at Austin as well. And like I said, it was so much easier the moment I made a conscious decision to close the door and just like, I don't drink. My personality is that I just don't drink. And we really discussed like going a full year <clears throat> when we were in Italy. That was the first time that Austin, because Austin, t he can be a little too rigid with himself. So he was like, I feel like I cut out alcohol almost from a place of fear because he was, you know, worried about his health and mental health and all the things. He's like, I don't want to do it from a place of fear. I just want to like choose what's best for me. And I was like, yeah, I totally respect that. So when we were in Italy, it was the first time we, we, and we had talked about it before we left. We were like, when we're in Italy, like, do we want to have like an Aperol spritz because we are in Italy and you know, because we're, we we want to experience, right. So that would be what I was talking about this attention. Like we want to experience travel and like being in Italy and having an authentic experience or Italian wine or all the things, whatever. And I was kind of like, you know, on the fence about it. Cause that, I've told you guys, I don't identify as someone that's been in rehab. I don't identify as having a, a substance abuse problem. I never thought I would live my whole life without alcohol ever again. I think that's a little intense for anyone to say. Um, and I don't, I don't want to encourage that. Cause I don't know if that's totally necessary. So but it was interesting because after a full year of, of becoming a person who does not drink, who puts himself first, puts himself first, by the time I ordered a drink, I didn't want it. I didn't want it. Like it was so interesting. I had, you know, a couple sips and I was just like, it was fun and it was nice. And I'm glad I got to have a couple sips of an Aperol spritz. But I just realized that like, I identify now as someone who doesn't drink and I just... I didn't want it. And I was so shocked because there was definitely, there was moments in the year where I was like, oh, it's like such a nice boat day. I'd love to have like a little like bevy or a little cocktail or something. But that's just a thought that it's so familiar and comfortable to us. The moment I actually had a drink in front of me, I was like, yeah, I drank some of it and like whatever, had the experience and it was nice and fun and lovely. And, you know, Austin was coming from a place too, where he wanted to not be so harsh on himself. Cause I don't want, I don't want anyone to be harsh on themselves. You don't need to be angry or frustrated or harsh or have all these ramifications. I truly think we are here to experience all the things and to be in balance. It's really though, when we realize that's all we do, that it's out of balance. And so that's my perspective shift going forward. 
I'm probably going to continue to identify as someone who doesn't drink. Now, if there is ever a time in my life, I don't know what the occasion will be where I just feel really called to have a drink. I might do it. I might not. I just, I don't know right now, but I'm not going to sit here and say, I'll never ever drink again. But I do think stepping away for a complete year, I've had so many epiphanies around alcohol and recognizing how many times I reached for it when a time I shouldn't have, or where I was coming from an intention that wasn't love. When we were in Italy, that was like the, that was perfect. We were traveling. We were Austin and I were just canoodling, having fun, like wanting to try things, wanting to experience things. That's beautiful. And that to me, like I do my energetic protection practices. I am grounded in who I am, my truth, my knowing, like I feel safe to drink in that situation. I trust myself, all of the things. At the end of the day, I just don't know if it's really like what I, if I really just want to completely revisit that all the time. No, I'm just not interested right now. I don't know. I'm not going to speak forever and I'm not going to speak for Austin. Cause there was times he wanted to have a truffle steak and wine. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like we don't ever do that stuff at home. So go for it. So I do think that even if you can allot yourself enough time to step away and reevaluate your relationship with yourself, the relationship with people around you, your relationship with fun, your relationship with your intention. Why am I reaching to drink all the time? You will learn so much. It will blow you away. That's where I'm like the connection that I have with myself and like the friendship and relationship that I've built with myself. I felt, I mean, I feel is, is the greatest value. And I wish I could like put it into your brain so you could feel it and experience it. But I hope just by listening to this podcast, you could be inspired you could do this. I'm like, you can do this. I promise you, if I did it, you can do this. But all that being said, if you can step away, reevaluate, zoom out, get a bird's eye perspective, look at all the places alcohol showing up in your life. Where is it keeping you from being the you that you want to be? Or where is it totally fine? You just got to decide and draw the line and have this. It's it's a boundary thing. At some point we're allowing ourselves to, to play small, to feel stuck, to feel disconnected from ourselves. And so I don't think that you have to say, I don't drink and I'll never drink again, because that just sounds a little daunting. Okay. But I want you to Maybe just give yourself a timeline and say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to step away. I'm in a weird place right now. I'm not feeling like me, or I'm really curious, or I'm just feeling really called to sobriety. I don't know, whatever it is, give yourself a time. I hope some of these tips helped identify as someone I don't drink and just see what happens. It's an experiment. Just say, I don't drink. Just see what happens. If I don't drink universe, show me something else I can do. Show me something else. Show me how good it can get. I want you to say that out loud. Show me how good it can get because you will start to find yourself in completely different environments, different situations, getting invited into other scenarios. You're allowing yourself to receive new experiences. And then, you know, keep a journal, journal your experience, journal a time where you really want to drink or, you know, you're like, whatever. And, and then say, what is it though that really wants this? Because obviously there's something inside of me that's needing attention or needing something. And then make a conscious decision going forward, how you want to, reapproach your relationship with alcohol because I think it's ever evolving and it's something that's so ingrained in our society that, you know, it may be difficult to all sit here and say, we'll never, ever, ever drink again. And I think that we are also here to have a human experience and to have fun and to, you know, do things and experience other cultures and what they do. And I think all that's beautiful and amazing. So I know it sounds like I'm kind of Um, I'm really trying to be as neutral as possible and say, like, I'm not going to sit here and say it has to look a certain way because I think it's really unique to you. But I hope that these experiences and stories that I've shared with you over the course of 
my past year have maybe sparked something inside of you that maybe you've been needing to hear. Um, I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on this because I can do more if you want something more specific. Like I am super open on this podcast. I am an open book. You could ask me anything. If you want me to tell you anything, like I could go deeper on certain topics, certain areas, but I just want you to know that I believe in you. And, oh, I also wanted to say there is a book that a couple people recommended. I think it's called quit like a girl. I actually haven't read it. I really need to, but I know there's a lot of people that, you know, will step away from alcohol. That's a good resource to read. So from what I've been recommended, um, and then, and then if you choose to, okay, I do, I don't want to live a life without any alcohol at all, but now that I've stepped away long enough to reevaluate my relationship with myself, with alcohol and with people around me, I feel, you know, confident in the decisions that I make and that I'm choosing to drink from a place of love, right? Because that's ultimately, that's the best case scenario for us to choose to do everything in our life with intention that we are rooted in love. So I know I've gone probably a million places and just fire hosed you guys with information (laughs) in this podcast, but, um, I believe in you and I promise you, you can do it. I am not anybody extraordinary with super how super power willpower discipline or anything like that like if anything i mean i spent my whole life drinking okay so i believe in you and you can do it and you will find so many other people out there that are going through exactly what you're going through and you know maybe you can share it if you're going on that journey like like me posting that on social media brought so many more people in my life. You know, it's just something to think about or, or share your experience on TikTok. Like I'm all about sharing your experience and this is not for you to, you know, blow up, go viral, do all the things. It's really just to find your people and to connect. But in order to connect, sometimes we have to be vulnerable and we have to share. So that's what I love doing and getting on this mic is sharing and being vulnerable with you guys and hoping that, you know, it brings more people into my AG university community and that we can all be in this together. So I believe in you. You can do this. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. If this episode resonated with you or maybe someone in your life is struggling and this is a message that they need to hear, I always am so honored and flattered when you guys share my podcast. Word of mouth is is really how this page grows and continues. So I always appreciate any shares. Um, tag me on stories at AG University Podcast. And if you have any other questions, I'm always here. Thank you so much for coming to class. I love you so much and I am forever in your corner rooting for you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Mwah. As always, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, AG University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me, my scheduling link goes out in my newsletter. It goes out once a month and it's completely free. I would love to have you there. As always, I'm a proud professor and you get an A plus for making it all the way through the end. Love you.